0: I'm Ron Davis of the Shooting Beauty Model Photography Podcast. To find out more about my podcast, go to glamourapprentice.com podcast. It's June 7th, and this is the Candid Frame. Welcome to another episode of the Candid Frame. That obviously wasn't me at the beginning of the podcast, but Ron Davis, the host and producer of a new podcast that I think you should check out. And if you have a podcast or a website you want to promote, I welcome you to contact me about recording an intro for the Candid Frame, which will lead in a future episode of the show. Now, I can't promise that everyone who wants to do this will be able to. This show only comes out every two weeks, but I want to offer you a way to jack into the great community of photographers that are out there. Today's guest is Olympus visionary Maki Kawakita, a Japanese-born photographer who has a photographic vision that is exceptional, regardless of what end of the Pacific you're standing on. Her bold use of color and lighting mixed in with ideas inspired by kabuki theater and manga have resulted in images that leap off the page. These vibrant images are more than just light and Photoshop wizardry. They are photographs that reveal what can be accomplished when today's digital tools are expertly combined with a strong personal creative vision. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Maki Kawakita. Well, Maki, welcome to the Candid Frame. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, I wanted to get started with finding out about how you came into your interest for photography, I know you went to RIT, but um, was your interest in photography inspired before you actually went uh, went there?
1: Uh, yeah, um, I was in Tokyo before that and uh, finishing up my graphic design in undergrad. So I wasn't doing the photography, and but I didn't really uh, feel that the graphic design was something, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So um, this one time, it was one of the class, the requirement class, that there was, a, a, you know, the class that I have to buy a camera, and I bought a camera and uh, took a trip to South America, and I just fell in love with it. Um, I just love the format of uh, photography, that it's just your idea comes, to an image instantly, and I just fell in love with that. Um, and since then, um, I'm doing photography, and I cannot do anything else.
0: What was it about the 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 you know, the visual image that held such such appeal to you? I know you say something about you know the fact that you could take something from your imagination and actually create something. But mm-hmm. what did you feel? That gave you that you couldn't find in some other medium.
1: Uh, well, I studied uh, pretty much uh, every years like uh, oil paintings to drawings and sculpture, um, and I liked the the thinking process of all the the media but uh when it comes to photography the uh, your ideas and the thinking process really immediately becomes an image and i just like the the quickness of it and it just fits into my personality i think and uh it just excites me because sometimes uh things just happen spontaneously and in uh, uh oil paintings or you know uh, that format um it's not you know, not so much spontaneous as photography. So I like the combination of that. Mm. What,
0: what did you find that your time at RIT provided you uh, uh, in terms of your <laughs> development as, as a photographer? Was that sort of a breakthrough time for you, or did it come afterward as you tried to make a career of as a professional photographer?
1: Yeah, uh, before Rochester, I was... Um, I was taking a portraiture of uh, dancers. I I was dancing myself, and I just had these beautiful people to photograph with, so I was doing that. And I didn't really think uh, as a career at the time, I just loved taking pictures, and I couldn't stop taking pictures. Uh, yet, um, because I was in a graphic design, I didn't have any of a uh, technical uh, the classes that I didn't learn any of that was just having a camera so I thought that maybe Rochester is a good place uh, for me to be in and uh, learn those things um, and I uh, I always wanted to go to uh, the United States to do a master's degree so um, a school of visual arts in New York City that's where I always wanted to go but Rochester before that I thought it would give me a, a time to um, get to know more about uh, photography and the technical things, and yeah, so uh, that's why I went there.
0: Hmm. I didn't realize yeah. that you were a dancer when I was looking at your images. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw that you used dancers a lot, but I think beyond just using dancers, there was a, an awareness that I felt you had about mm-hmm. The way the body moves, particularly the lines and and sort of the graphic shapes that a body can sort of create um, mm-hmm. how does how important is your awareness of of dance and body control played in the creation of your unique images?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a, a very, very important part of my work. Uh, it's because my mother is a uh, uh, Japanese performing artist uh, she's an, a dancer um, and I started dancing when I was two three years old and it was a Japanese dance but then I went to do discipline dancing like jazz and ballet uh, so um, the movement and the body and line uh, composition everything was always just in my head It just uh, for me it was a natural thing because uh, that's what i did all my life mm-hmm. um yeah it's just uh, that uh, the 3d uh artwork i was doing i just started doing in photography so it is a very very important part in my work
0: when you're working with 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 you know with the with the models the the dancers in in this case uh, how did how did you feel that you communicate with them in terms of what you're trying to achieve in a photograph, as compared to someone um, who is just just a model? What do you feel that a, a dancer brings to the you know brings to the table, uh, especially in respect to the kind of images that you're creating?
1: Yeah, um, I think that uh, I think photography as a way to communicate with people, and uh, uh, you know every art form has those elements but for me the dancing also is a way to uh, express your feeling or a story or anything like that so uh, combined with that conceptual part um, in dance in dancers they can um, express that much much better than let's say somebody who's just model and you know just don't really have that uh, uh... um, yeah, skill to uh, express
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, their feeling. It's through dancing, so um, it is uh, great working with them because they will understand. I'm very conceptual uh, when I do my work, so I will explain. Oh, this is the theme I have. I didn't even give them a story, and I would even give them a character sometimes. And um, dancers tend to understand that quickly because they sometimes play roles and
0: they just understand that much better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Looking at your work is kind of fascinating because I see so many, you know, influence. You know, you mentioned Japanese dancing and, you know, you talked about in other interviews about kabuki theater and pop mm-hmm. art and um, mm-hmm. anime and, you know, and graphic and, and, and color design. All of those things sort of come together. Um, yeah. Amazing. um and I, and I'm kind of interested in hearing you to speak about how you put all that that together when you sit down and you start thinking about a a concept what's that process for you do you come up with an idea in your hand and then sort of draw it out how how does that take shape and how do you see that through to the the creation of the actual photograph
1: yeah uh i take good amount of time thinking about the image making. Uh, So, uh, and it it comes here and there. I just, you know, don't necessarily just sit down and, okay, I'm going to think about a story today. Um, Like when I'm walking outside and I look up and I saw something like a beautiful sky and all of a sudden I started having this image in my head. Um, And at that point I'll just write it down, some ideas, or even sketch it out, the uh, idea I have. Uh, So it comes really spontaneously like that. Except there's a job that I have to create something. Okay. Yeah.
0: Talk to me about this this thing that you have. I think it's called comic mak- makirama.
1: Makirama. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the makirama is evolving. Um, um, I'm doing a lot more makirama work now than before. You know, the way I started was uh, this animation. Like uh, the comic book story telling <laughs> photography um, and I just uh, as I was doing that it just got more and more personal and now I use myself instead of models uh, because it is about me that I'm communicating through the work and so I so it was the best way to use myself um, and uh, Makirama is on a Uh, autobiographical project. It's kind of like the the never-ending evolution of self because my life is going and you know I changed the way of thinking and um, you know just uh, everything around me uh, will have an impact on me and uh, I just like to uh, uh, make an image all of my experiences.
0: Well, th- um that must be yeah. interesting though using yourself as, as as your subject particularly in these sort of really innovative and creative ways i mean photography there have been a lot of photographers who have used themselves as their own their own subjects um right what but what do you feel that it provides you to do that yourself i know you're saying it's it's autobiographical but in terms of just the practicality of making images, how, how do you deal with the challenges of being both in front and, and behind the camera?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's an, <laughs> a really, really uh, difficult part, but I enjoy doing that as well. Um, I just had a show in Italy uh, about six months ago uh, with this makirama series. It's called Croco series. Croco is a, a character that we see in a, a kabuki theater. These are the people who' like dressed in black and it's, they're basically an assistant for the dancers and I chose their character to illustrate like something that's inside of me that it's not really showing outside, but it's assisting me of you know the outside of maki um, and uh, um, to create that was a challenging because um, I definitely need to have people's help and uh, I just had my assistant, um, uh, you know, quick uh, in the shutter. But everything else I'll have to uh, compose and uh, make a sharpness and all the stuff I have to do it myself. So um, uh, having a makeup and hair and costume plus looking through the camera, it is a work. <laughs> takes longer to create probably than, uh, you know, the normal situation with models. Um, But at least um, I know exactly what I want and I can express that. And, you know, you get kind of used to that as you do more and more of that work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've I've periodically looked at the work of japanese photographers and it's always intrigued me in terms of you know the images that they consider you know great photographs because sometimes it's not Hmm. in line with sort of the western aesthetic in terms of what makes a good photograph or not and sometimes it's Hmm. kind of interesting looking at a body of work and then trying to figure out exactly what they're seeing um Hmm. considering that you've had you know, both feet in in both cultures. What mm. what do you what do you feel sort of distinguishes that that sort of approach to photography, and how has it influenced your work? Uh,
1: I think it influenced a lot. Uh, grow up in uh, Tokyo is it, it is very uh, multicultural place already, but still, uh, you know, they transform every different culture into Japanese culture so it was a way of seeing everything in Japanese culture so now that I'm living outside and looking Japan from outside it gives me a different perspective and also just to live in the US and um, absorbing American culture is a a whole new different things than let's say what I was thinking America when I was in Japan so um, yeah, some t- stuff that I was uh, thinking back in Tokyo now is more tangible, and um, yeah, I definitely express in a different way, it's maybe more direct way than before. Or yeah, um, it's very hard to articulate that, but it, it it shows in my work. I think so.
0: Can you give me an example of 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 how that? how that difference is exhibited in your work as opposed to um maybe before
1: Yeah um I feel that I'm more free to express what I what I'm thinking uh, you know now a lot more than before I think in the Japanese culture it's a very collective minded culture that you know you um you're, you're a love but you don't feel comfortable to be freely yourself. Um, and in American culture, it's almost opposite. Individualism is really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I learned that a lot more. Um, so combining that is a very interesting thing. Um, I just did a work, um, my personal project in Tasmania, Australia. I went there for one month. And just every day, I I photograph myself there, in a really uh, almost kabuki theater way, meaning just you know the costume is there, the makeup, hair, everything was there, but in a uh, Western um, background. Um, and it's to me, it was a, a a very interesting experience, you know, something that we are just talking about now, you know, just my experience of. East and West and how I uh, absorb that um uh, it's it's in this new body of work which I'm still working on, and I'll love to show to people very soon mm. yeah this
0: the style that you've that you've developed for yourself is just amazing in its use of of color um the, the you know the composition the sort of graphic all the various influences and mm-hmm. and while it may be. Really, kind of, sort of embraced and accepted. Now, I suspect that probably when you were first exploring this, there probably wasn't much out there that was like that. Right? Um, uh, how much of a challenge was it for your, for you, or was it to sort of pursue that, and really not seeing that kind of work out there, both, you know, commercially or 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 just generally.
1: You know, it's very interesting because I never really think about. Uh, my style when I was starting now I didn't really uh, focusing on what style should I have I never thought about that it was just um, hmm. it was just something that I have in my head coming through uh, uh, on photograph Um, and yes I knew that my work is very different from what's out there but um, um I didn't feel comfortable, uncomfortable about it. I was just being myself and uh, just expressing the way I want to. and
0: yeah the, the reason so
1: just, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, the reason I asked that is that i I'm oftentimes um, talking with students you know, who are mm-hmm. about to begin a career, and one of the biggest things they always think about is about how commercial or viable their work is. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. they'll look at their work and they'll go, well, this is my personal work, but I don't see, I don't know how, I don't know how I can sell this. I don't see how it's going to give me work. And I, and so that's, that's the reason I'm asking you because your style was very distinctive. But in terms of going out there into the marketplace and selling yourself as a photographer, Mm. how did, you know, that, that, that approach that you were excited about, um change the way you were working uh, marketing yourself
1: yeah um it's a very interesting question because uh I do think that you know I will probably won't get a job from uh let's say gap you know some mainstream very uh classic photograph you know uh photography kind of uh, clients i don't you know it's just not my target mm-hmm. and um uh, but there are people. It's just like colors, you know. People like different colors, and so people like different photography. I think uh, often, you know, many clients like colorful stuff, and you know, very different look than um, what the mainstream has. And um, yeah, it could be challenging. I think so uh, in the beginning. Especially in the beginning, uh, but um, um, I yeah I wasn't really thinking too hard on that. So I just um, my focus was to uh, express myself well yeah. into photography. That was my focus, um, and everything else kind of followed.
0: Since you have such a um, unique approach in making your images. I'm curious in terms of working with, you know, clients who say, "Wow, we love your style. We love what, you, what you're doing," but mm-hmm. it's such a—it's so influenced by who you are. And mm-hmm. I wonder about that sort of that play between doing what you normally do, but also mm-hmm. trying to satisfy the needs or the demands of of the client. What's sort of the balance that you find you're having? you're you're having to, to do in order to be able to deliver something that you're happy with but that also the client is satisfied with
1: yeah I think uh, there's always that. You know, you can't uh do what you what you want to do hundred percent when there's a client because, you know, they have a requirement. Uh but what I do usually is to communicate with them as much as I can before the photo shoot so that I can get the feel of what they really like to have in a photograph, and uh, I'll just go from there. But, um, uh, yeah, often, though, because my work is, is so different, they ask me to um, give them some ideas. So it is a fortunate part of uh, my career and, I guess, uh, you know, style, that uh, people want that style and people want to know what my idea is. So mm. a little bit different process than the, uh, uh, I guess, normal process. Uh, often this is happening with me.
0: That must be a, a nice benefit of, of having such... Uh, you know, I think it, it speaks to the idea of being true to what your own vision is to the point right. that people trust you to be able to right. come up with a kind of idea and a concept that is able to serve their needs, rather than saying, "Oh, he makes he or she makes pictures look this way, so let's just have him mm-hmm. make our pictures look that way," without really um, asking for the sort of the input or the influence of the photographer beyond beyond just the look.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um, and but I still believe in this, you know, uh, communication with the clients and the 50/50 things, you know, because they are the clients and I'm the photographer, but we both want to be satisfied. Um, so um, you know, often I just shoot freely the way I want to shoot, and if they do have issues, they will tell me and I want to have that kind of uh, communication beforehand this is why I do talk a lot with them and having a meeting beforehand to make sure that you know they are they're feeling comfortable with me to talk about what they want and what I want to mhm
0: well one yeah. of the other things that you do is that you take portraits which may not be mm-hmm. as conceptual as some of your mm-hmm. other work but i think it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see those two sides of you um mm. when you're when you're making portraits of people both celebrities and, mm. and and non-celebrities how does the other work that you've done and that you continue mm. to do influence the portraits that you're hired to do uh
1: yeah i think it's uh, to me it's a very similar approach to it but uh, because it's a portraiture and I want to show their character as much as I can, uh, it's a little different process, I guess. Um, and this 50-50 communication is uh, is much stronger with them. Um, yeah, I think maybe that's why it looks a little different.
0: So what are the, some of the challenges that you you face? I don't know how much portraiture you were doing, um, did that mm-hmm. sort of come after your more commercial advertising work, or did you start off doing doing portraiture? I'm not sure what the sort of progression was for you
1: yeah, yeah, um, I just love shooting people, period, I just love people and different culture um and so I was shooting dancers. that was really my you know my beginning of work um so Portraiture was really the one that I started out Uh, in South America or in the uh, New York street scene. I was uh, shooting black and white portraiture. Um, And yeah, and then I just got involved and I started shooting more fashion and celebrity portraiture and commercials. So uh, it is something I love doing. I enjoy shooting portraiture because it's more of the communication with them. And, yeah, communication is a key for me <laughs>
0: in photography. So, Talk to me about your use of color and light, particularly in your conceptual work. Um, I think you're known for your your strong, bold use of color and, mm. and you know, super saturated colors at times, but not, not to the point that they become distracting, which I think is really interesting because sometimes people can use color to the extent that it becomes a distraction you know it calls so much attention itself that it isn't within it doesn't it it you lose the impact of the photograph but i think you have those colors in there yet it's just a part and parcel of what you're doing with the entire image so how do you succeed in 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 doing that striking that balance where color it doesn't end up ruining the the photograph because of its boldness
1: Mm. Um, I think my sense of color came from uh, the Kabuki theater, the performing arts in Japan, um, because that's how I, I was growing up in there. I was on the stage, I was on the backstage. My mom was often having a, a performance, and I was there all the time. And the the, uh, the way they use color is just unbelievable, and it's really interesting too, because they mix these uh, graphical elements uh like a print, to uh such a different colors and textures, and it's just an um uh amazing <laughs> um graphical art, just like there on the the kabuki theater um, um yeah scenes, and I think I got that from there. Uh, because when I create those images, I again, I don't really think too hard of, okay, should I have this color here? I don't think about those things. It just, you know, happened in my head. It's mm. really um, very spontaneous that way.
0: So it's very intuitive for you. Um in terms of the role digital has played in the creation of your images, because I know you you started off when you started out, you were you were shooting but um, film, and I think a lot of people take a look at your images and they they assume that a lot is is happening sort of digitally, but um, I sense that a lot of it happens even before you bring the image into the computer. That a lot of a lot of the work has already been accomplished, and that you sort of refine your vision on 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 the computer. Is that a right a, a correct assessment?
1: Yeah um hmm I think the digital photography really uh uh made uh, my workflow go much easier. <laughs> uh, yeah before I was in the films and you know all the process with scanning and everything was very hard and um digital came in and uh uh Olympus is a sponsor I mean it it, it was just made my work much easier, and, uh, you know, the time that I have to spend got much shorter. Um, and the color that the digital photography creates actually works for my work very, very well. Um, so, yeah, it's a full advantage in the digital photography to me.
0: What, what When you say that about color, what do you think the color palette is of digital as compared to using... Film. What what's the difference for you?
1: I feel that it's a little bit uh, more exaggerated, and also the uh, you know we talk about depth of field when we compare the uh, traditional way, the film and digital. But I do like the the flatness looking of digital. Uh, I took it as a great thing because. I like things to look a little 2D, <laughs> mm. um, so it works like it works more like a graphics.
0: That's interesting, you know, because a lot of people tend to not like digital um, because of that flatness. Right. That was one of the things they often complained about was that it lacked the pop and right. contrast of a film. But that's something you actually favored for your work. That's very interesting
1: it is and uh, you know I, I use lighting to make things flat because i do like the look of 2ds you know often my work it looks like all composed but most of my work is just straight shot so to create that is just uh, you know the, i like the flat lighting and um and yes the uh digital photography is helping me a lot
0: mm. so for for what what are what's involved in producing you know um, one of these shoots particularly um, not so much the big commercial work that you're doing but you know mm-hmm. some of the stuff that you've been doing in recently is is it a, a, a big production or are you working with a fairly small crew and a, just one assistant so how with your recent work what's all involved in making one of your images
1: yeah uh, for for well, editorials, uh, we usually have about eight to ten people, minimum, to, to deal with. Uh, but when I do uh, my personal work, I don't need that much of people. I do my own hair and makeup. Um, well, I do kabuki style, so it's a little particular. And the kabuki dancers usually do their own hair and makeup. Um And uh, so the the Tasmania trip is a great example for that because I had my parents helping me. (laughs) My mother was a stylist. because (laughs) Yes. Uh, Because in a a kabuki, you know, they use kimonos, and kimono has a particular way to wear it. You cannot just put it together by yourself. So, uh, and I often... You know, my mom has so much more uh, knowledge of it and something that I cannot do, she would do it like a piece of cake.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: <laughs> I had uh, my parents help and um, I did hair makeup. So it was only uh, three of us plus uh, one or two more help just to, you know, uh, bring equipment and uh, uh, release the shadow, that type of things. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: it's not so much. It's interesting to read that you're, you're coming from a creative family. You mentioned your mother, but you also your grandmother uh, was an artist as as well. Right. And, and what, what 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 is their take on on your work? Hmm. I know it's always tricky uh, when you get involved family, but I'm considering <laughs> that they have that they have their own aesthetic that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. I, I think their perspective might might be a little interesting.
1: Yeah, I think that in art we work with line and body. You know, it's it's always this line and body. And my my grandma as a flower arrangement uh, artist, she taught me the importance of line and body. You know, there's a line like a flower and you know, there's flowers, so it's it's always this you're working with a full of flowers. With line, which is like just a tree or the punches of the trees, so uh the balance of that is very important, and uh, she taught me on that one, but it was the same way. Let's see if you have a model and and dancers you know they uh put the the feet up and that's a line, you know, and then their body is the body <laughs> so um, I see things in a similar way, and I do think that my family uh see my work the same way uh my mother really enjoys seeing my work because it is uh the two d of what she does hmm. yeah
0: well you're you're by nature international your work is is takes you internationally you, but you live in new york um how important? Mm-hmm is it uh you for your career and possibly you personally to be living in in that city um a lot of people yeah. feel like if they w- ever want to make it a go as a photographer that they have to be in new york um <clears throat> do you do you agree with that is that why you're there or or, or are there other influences that have led you to call that home
1: you know, um, it's, uh, it's something that I was thinking a long time ago. Uh, you know, when I moved to New York City, I was thinking, yes, this is the place, and I really liked it, the pop art, and this is where the pop art started, and I was really excited about that. But I do think that, you know, I love different cultures, and I travel so much. Six months out of a year, I'll be somewhere else. Um, and often within a month I'll be in Kuwait, Paris and then go to Tasmania, Tokyo I mean it's different places um, so now I don't think it's that necessary to be in one spot and also you know the, the world is becoming smaller you know you have so much access to internet and you get different culture you can go places so easily so um Yeah, now I don't think it's that important to be in New York City. I
0: do like the energy. (laughs) You you do like the what?
1: I do like the energy of it, though. I like the energy that New York City has.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like it. Well, the last question I always ask is that I ask a photographer to recommend one other photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. So who would that be for you and why?
1: Huh. Uh, well, hmm, it's hard to say one, <laughs> but uh, I do love Guy Baudin. Mm. He is a French photographer that I, I just really love. Uh, why? It's because his world is so unique, and a lot of people are trying to imitate his work and lighting, but it's something beyond the look of it, something beyond the lighting that he's been doing or he was doing um, that is fascinating. It's much deeper than just the look of it. And, uh, you know, I um, I go through his photographs all the time, but I find different things always. So um, he's somebody that's just beautiful. And his work is not like, you know, he, he doesn't live anymore. But his work is just fresh always, so it's, it's just something there that it's uh, fundamental that it's not going to change just because time changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I highly recommend his work.
0: Well, thank you for the recommendation and thank you for your time with me today. It's, it's I really oh, appreciate thank
1: it. thank you. It was great. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Candid Frame. If you have any comments or suggestions. Please drop me a line at thecandidframe at gmail.com or post a message on the blog at thecandidframe.com or on the fan page on facebook.com. Till next time, this is Ivarian X. Perello and this is The Candid Frame. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Oh. Photocast Network dot com.